God tells the stars to shine. He sets them in place. He knows them by name. God and no one else. And he sets them where he does and they shine as they do in accordance with nothing else but the purpose of his will. This is Timeless Truth Today, and I'm your host, Matt Williams. Welcome to part eight of Blessing God for Every Spiritual Blessing from Pastor Paul Twist. Pastor Paul embarked on a study of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians with his congregation and is now halfway through chapter one as we work through his exposition. In verses nine and 10, Pastor Paul referred to the Apostle's celebration of both the glory of the church and its amazing diversity, quote, uniting all things in him. Verses 11 through 14 teach us of the inheritance awaiting the followers of Christ and the assurance they have from having the indwelling third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Here now is part eight of Blessing God for Every Spiritual Blessing, where we join Pastor Paul explaining the permanence of God's promise. In verse 11, I predestined your inheritance, so you can't squander it. You're not going to lose it. You're not going to forsake it because I chose that this would be the case for you before you were. And then, as if that were not enough, Paul labors the point again. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Two times Paul uses the word according, according to, and it is an emphatic way of stressing the certainty of our inheritance according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So your inheritance in glory is sure. It's not going anywhere. You see how encouraging this text is if you would think upon these realities. And it's actually very easy to set your mind towards these realities. If you follow Paul's logic, he is tracing a line from the reality of your inheritance to God's sovereignty. The purpose of him who works all things to the counsel of his will. Just ponder that reality. God causes the sun to rise in accordance with the purpose of his will. Nobody else tells the sun when to rise. God does, and he does it in accordance with the purpose of his will. God causes the wind to blow. No one else gets to tell the wind when to blow or where to blow. God alone does, and he does it in accordance with the purpose of his will. God tells the stars to shine. He sets them in place. He knows them by name. God and no one else, and he sets them where he does, and they shine as they do in accordance with nothing else but the purpose of his will. You ponder the sovereign hand of God in everything. Every atom in the universe is oriented and is moving and is doing the thing that it does in accordance with the purpose of God's will. And as you ponder his sovereign hand around you in the world, allow your consideration of his sovereignty to lead your thoughts towards the certainty of your inheritance. My inheritance is not going anywhere. 
It is sure and it is certain because the one who ordained it is God Almighty who does everything according to the purpose of his will. Notice, this is to be to the praise of his glory. Verse 12, all of these things are so in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Now I said this morning just how comfortable we are living in the West as Christians, just how comfortable our lives are. And the snare that that can become is that we think very little of heaven. Because we don't feel the need for that final manifestation of salvation. We don't feel on a daily basis the realities of life in a broken world. Certainly not the way in which other Christians are today. And so our senses become numb. Our senses toward the realities of heaven become numb. We don't praise God as we ought for our internal inheritance, at least not as I imagine some Christians around the world are. The discipline is that we would be heavenly minded, that we thank God for the level of comfort that he has afforded us, and yet we set our minds on the truth of heaven. We need to sing more songs about heaven We cannot afford to be occupied with that which is merely in front of us because it's not speaking eternal realities. You need to set your mind towards eternity future. Think about 10,000 years from now rather than the problem that sits five minutes in front of you. Be encouraged by setting your mind 10,000 years from now rather than allowing your mind and your soul to be occupied with the problems of your circumstances that are but fleeting. Paul says these troubles are momentary, momentary afflictions compared with the glory that is being worked out for us. If our lives are to be to the praise of his glory, as the text tells us, if our lives are to be to the praise of his glory, then we must be those that are setting our minds habitually on the realities of our inheritance. And you can be sure that it is guaranteed because it is God who ordains it. Well, Paul moves on from there. The second in him statement, in him you also When you heard of the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Paul moves on in his argument to now talk about the way in which that eternal inheritance is testified to us. How is it that we may know of it? It is sure because God has ordained it. It is certain because God has ordained it, but how may we know of it? And even there, God has not left us lacking. Paul says, God sealed you with the promised Holy Spirit. The sealing ministry of the Holy Spirit is but one of his many activities in the economy of the gospel. The Holy Spirit does many things in the believer's life. One of those things is to seal us. 
And the idea here of that word sealed is akin to the, to the wax seal that you get on a, a letter. Maybe not so much today, but in years previous, people would send a letter with a wax seal closing the envelope. It's the same idea here. The Holy Spirit has sealed the Christian so that this inheritance and the testimony of it cannot go away. It's sealed. What is it sealed with? Wonderfully, it is sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does the work of sealing, and the Holy Spirit is the seal. Paul is talking here about our reception of the Holy Spirit. Our reception of the Holy Spirit is the seal. The second you put your faith in Christ, the third member of the Godhead takes up residence inside you. Never, ever, ever to leave you. You've been sealed. The Holy Spirit in your life is not going anywhere. And then notice the particular work of the Spirit in view beyond the act of sealing is to provide the guarantee. Verse 14, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. This word is akin to the word of a pledge or a down payment. The Holy Spirit in us functions as a down payment testifying to future realities of things to come. One commentator says, it's as if Paul is telling us we have a slice of heaven inside of us. We have a slice of heaven inside of us speaking of future heavenly realities. As I read this text, I'm always reminded of an experience I had growing up that was somewhat akin to a, a testimony of future realities. My brother and I, on a Sunday afternoon, we would always go out with the soccer ball and kick it around in the nearby park, and we would, we would play there until it was dark. And in the winter months in the UK, you know, the, the dark comes early, around about four o'clock, and, and we would come home. Eric Liddell would not approve. He was a Sabbatarian, no soccer on Sundays. But we would go out on a Sunday afternoon, him and I, and we would kick this ball around until it was dark, and then we'd come home and we were just starving hungry. And every Sunday night in my house, we would have a, a roast dinner. That's what we call it, a roast chicken with carrots and roast potatoes and vegetables and just about anything you can imagine, just a huge feast. And one thing that we had the highlight of the meal for us, was something that we call Yorkshire puddings. Now, maybe some of you have heard of Yorkshire puddings. If you ever go to the UK, that's priority number one. <laughs> Find a Yorkshire pudding and eat it. You'll never want to leave. And, and my brother and I just loved these things. We loved them. And so we'd come in from, from soccer and we'd say to my mum, can we have a Yorkshire pudding? And she'd say, dinner's not ready yet. You know, and dinner's maybe still an hour away and, and we're going to die. Our stomachs are eating us from the inside and we, please, can we have a Yorkshire pudding? And if we persisted long enough, she would take one from the tray and she would cut it in half and we would each get a bite of the Yorkshire pudding. And it was so good. In that moment, it was so good, but it paled in comparison to the feast that we would have later that evening. And in the same way, we have the Holy Spirit testifying right now to future realities. 
And life is good as a Christian. Life is so good because we have a slice of heaven inside of us. Our experience of life is so good. But just wait until that last day when the fullness of our salvation comes into view and we inherit Christ. The Holy Spirit is pushing us towards a consideration of such things. We are thinking right now about the reality of things yet to come. God has been so gracious to us so as to put the Holy Spirit in us in order to testify to these realities. But allow them to have their intended effect. Push your mind towards heaven and anticipate the return of Christ. Long for the return of Christ knowing that as good as life is this day in Christ, oh, how good it will be on that last day. We are to live very much in a heavenly-minded way. Now, I want to be very specific about the manner in which the Holy Spirit gives us that testimony. How is it that we, we have that testimony? You see, there is some confusion about the work of the, the Holy Spirit in sealing us. You could go to certain books or even other churches that would teach that the Holy Spirit is not sealing everyone at the point of salvation. Some would teach that the Holy Spirit gives a second blessing. They would call it a higher blessing. Sometimes you hear people talk about a baptism of the Spirit or being slain in the Spirit. And what they create is a a two-tier Christianity. You've put your faith in Christ, that's wonderful, You've received the Holy Spirit to some degree, that's great, but you just need to be slain in the Spirit. You need to seek that higher blessing. And it's not biblical. It's not true. It's not justified by the biblical text. The truth of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that he comes to every believer at the moment of salvation, and they are not lacking him in any respect. You have the Holy Spirit if you are a Christian. With that being said, your experience of his testimony may vary. Your experience of the Holy Spirit's testimony concerning heaven may vary. The reason being because of the way in which the Holy Spirit works. The primary way in which the Holy Spirit works is in accordance with, in conjunction with, in partnership with, the word of God. It is no accident that Paul says here in verse 13, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, it's not an accident that as Paul brings the Holy Spirit into view, he does so right off the back of a mention of the text. Because that is the primary way in which the Holy Spirit works in our lives. You may have a different experience of the testimony of the Holy Spirit based upon your engagement with the Bible. If you are neglecting the word of God in your life, I do not imagine that the Holy Spirit is testifying all that much to you concerning future realities. If you are found in this book, defined by this book, if your life is spent in this book, the Holy Spirit is pleased to testify to you in accordance with the words that you're reading about future realities. That is how the Holy Spirit does his work. And I want to labor that because, again, we are so prone 
to fall into false thinking, namely that the Holy Spirit works in this subjective manner. If I just sit and wait around, now the Holy Spirit will talk to me. What color socks shall I put on today? The Holy Spirit will tell me. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that the third member of the Trinity dwelling inside of us works in accordance with the Bible. So should you not be in the text, open this book because you want the Holy Spirit to be testifying to you. You want him to be speaking to you eternal truths. You want him to encourage you in your present circumstances. You want the Holy Spirit to inform you as to your circumstances and how you best respond to them. So how do you do it? You read the text. And understand me, it is not that you necessarily have to go hunting for all of the texts in the Bible that specifically address the reality of heaven. I often say this when I gather with guys and we we seek to have a, a mutual sharpening of one another Let's study the Bible. What's the, what's the thing that brings us together? We happen to be elders, or, or this is a room full of deacons, or this is a, a room full of guys that like hunting. I mean, fill in the blank, right? So let's go find those verses. No, just read the text. Trust that it's going to feed you. You don't have to go and find all the texts that speak about being an elder for elders to be fed by the word of God. You just have to open the book. You pray, God, as we come to your word right now, Holy Spirit, testify to us the truth. And then you read. And you read with a submissive and a soft heart and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do that work in you. And when he does, that is when your life will be lived to the praise of his glory. I started this evening by just reminding you that the pursuit of his praise in your life has to be a discipline. It has to be. It won't just happen organically because the cares of the world are so great. Your flesh still remains. So don't just tread water thinking this is going to be a reality in your life because it won't be. You have to pursue this in a disciplined way. I want my life to be to the praise of his glory. How? You have to be disciplined to open this book. And as you read Genesis through Revelation... I don't mind, just open it. As you read, you will see his glory. You will see how he has blessed you and your heart will exult in praise towards God. I challenge you to not live a life to the praise of his glory if you are consistently in the Bible. If you are consistently in the Bible, watch your feet follow a path that is to the praise of his glory. Now, there, of course, there are, there are practicalities and there is help along the way. Would you disciple me? Would you help me think through this? Of course, that's why we are the body of Christ. But it starts here. You have to open this book And read yet again, refresh your heart again to the manner in which God has blessed you so that you and we would be to the praise of his glory. May that be a reality in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for this.
tremendous opening to the letter to the Ephesians. It is so rich and we could spend so much more time here. Many more weeks we could spend considering the eternal realities that Paul has recorded concerning our salvation in Christ. We praise you this evening for the the truth of our inheritance. We have been rendered an inheritance before God. On that last day, he will claim us fully as his inheritance. Our minds can barely take it in. And equally, on that last day, we will receive an inheritance. We will be receiving a full realization of our salvation blessings with Christ at the center. Father, we praise you for the certainty of our inheritance. We marvel tonight that this was worked out before we even were, predestined according to you, God, who works all things to the counsel of your will. We praise you for the certainty of our inheritance. And Father, we praise you this evening that there is a testimony of that inheritance from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. We're not lacking, but God is within us. And there is a testimony from him to our hearts concerning future realities. And the way in which it is worked out is primarily Through the word. The Holy Spirit is pleased to testify to us in accordance with the Bible. So the practical implications are very, very clear. If we would live our lives to the praise of your glory, we must be people that are in this book. We must be in this book rehearsing the blessings of our salvation delighting in the doctrines of the gospel, delighting in the person of Christ. Father, instruct our hearts towards this end. May we be found in this book and may the Holy Spirit testify to us of eternal realities, encouraging us, comforting us, rebuking us, instructing us so that our lives would be to the praise of your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Timeless Truth Today. In this letter by the Apostle to the church at Ephesus, he repeats often a phrase as to our relationship with the Savior, quote, to the praise of His glory. This is the way Christians can bless God, by our close walk with Christ, His Son, and our service to others in His name. And here's a quote from Pastor Paul on another gift we receive at salvation, quote, The Bible teaches us that the third member of the Trinity, dwelling inside us, works with us in accordance with the Bible." Pastor is referring to the Holy Spirit, who dwells with us forever and provides us with great comfort. There are many other blessings received from the Holy Spirit, like the assurance of our inheritance, conviction of sin, and power to overcome it, to name a few. And although we don't earn our salvation by works, we should test our faith to see if we're truly saved. Are we grateful for Jesus' life of suffering and his shed blood? You can learn more and grow more on our website, 
TimelessTruthToday.org. Press Broadcasts on the homepage, and there you'll find a free archive of Pastor Paul's teachings, including programs in this series you may have missed. Timeless Truth Today is a teaching ministry of Pastor Paul Twist, a listener-supported outreach of Bethany Bible Church in Thousand Oaks, California. Well, Sunday is coming, and if you don't have a church home, we encourage you and we invite you to come worship with us at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. The church is located at 200 West Bethany Court in Thousand Oaks. Come Monday, we're into part nine of our series, Blessing God for Every Spiritual Blessing. Hope you can join us then. I'm Matt Williams. Hope you have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Timeless Truth Today. Today.